Welcome to the Yoshi Football Show. I am John Johnston, founder of CornNation.com. I'm here with Yoshi Hardrick, former Nebraska offensive lineman and current Canadian League football star. We're talking about the loss to Minnesota in the year 2020, just in case you're looking at this from the future and you're confused, which is why we probably are depressed or sad a little because we know that after this year, we'll be kicking Minnesota's butts for years to come. Yes. <laughs> I, I pray and I hope. <laughs> so it, it, 24 to 17, I mean, Nebraska lost to Minnesota or lost to Iowa 26 to 20. It wasn't a bad, it wasn't a, like a blowout. They lose to Minnesota by a touchdown. I think the frustrating thing for me right off the bat is Minnesota came into this game with a defense that was the worst against the run, the worst defense, rush defense in the nation, giving up 6.282 yards per carry. That's almost seven yards a carry. Yes. And we start this game out by throwing the ball sideways. When you saw that play, what was your reaction? <laughs> Trying to be a supportive Husker, but I was like, I can't believe we're starting this game like this. That is that ball on the ground. Uh, that that first that first play, yeah, yeah, it was a bad start, and we're going sideways. And was that the play? Was it a fumble? Did they get the ball back on that one? No, that was that was that was against uh, Iowa, you know. <laughs> but we start we start the the games kind of with that play. We've started a few games with that play. I guess when I looked at it, I thought you as an offensive lineman, your coach starts the game that way. Don't you want to just go out and smash a guy in the face right away, and yeah, you don't kind of don't get to. To start a game, you want to get the juices flowing. To start a game, I want to get all all the thinking out of the way. I want to know who I'm going against. So coach call a play when it's mono on mono, ISO power. I don't want to go sideways. I don't want to do any zone. I don't want to do any scratch. I want to hit my guy in the face and know we're doing all night and basically send a message. And the first play when you're going sideways or you're throwing a little swing pass, I think we got blowed up. Man, that, that first play is, is haunting me. I, I went back to Iowa when we fumbled it, but now I know who we're talking about. The first play, we throw the swing pass. I don't – just from this season alone, I'm not a fan of the play. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's hard for anybody to I, – I I guess the other thing, when, I, when you looked at this game, and I know you made notes because you're, you know, you're good at this uh, – we seemed like we didn't rarely ran the ball directly at Iowa, Minnesota's defense. We oh, yeah. ran out and we tried to get the ball out in space. And I kind of understand that. But again, there's not a lot of running right at them going on in this offense. I have in capital. Wish we would run more north than south. I, I, we wasn't getting the, the movement or the scratch we looking for. Minnesota is one of the worst run defenses in the nation. Why are we not running it at them, putting three tight ends in? Why are we not playing Nebraska football? If that's, if that's what we want to be and that's what we want to talk about and that's what we hang our hat on for being tough, I don't know if that's now, but that's why I came here. I came here to run the ball and see people run the ball. I don't. I just didn't understand. Like I said, we ran, we ran way too much east and west. It wasn't really working. One day I probably had the best run of the day, and it was right up the gut, I think. So 
I mean, do you have an idea why this is going on? I mean, do coaches overthink things? They, is Scott Frost insane? <laughs> yeah, see, I don't, I don't know that part. But just from playing football, I play with offensive coordinator who thought way too much and wanted to make it so complex. Just make this thing stupid. Just make this thing so simple. We can just get downhill and use your best athletes. But um, you are you are. Like our offensive coordinator, we tried to change so much. We was a run-heavy team, and it's the way we like to run the ball. But his philosophy or the way he did things was a little bit more east and west. It was, we lived in that for a little bit. And, man, if that's that's just how the way he's going to call the game. It's, it's just rough, man. Just from me and you just sitting – away from the game just watching. And this isn't working. I don't know how you can see it on the sideline, sit there and just keep calling this play. I think our best power play might be a quarterback power. I think our <laughs> best down the middle play might be we snap it to our quarterback, we pull a guard, and we're going for a one- or two-yard gain. And that probably excites me way more than we hand that outside zone off. And I hate to say it, but some of the linemen are two or three yards in the backfield, and it's a three-yard loss. Okay, let's talk about a game plan, how game plans work, because Minnesota came into this game down 33 people. I mean, when you, I saw the photos from the press box because I follow media people, and when you looked at their sideline, you could see that they didn't have a full complement of a football team. They were down two offensive linemen. They were down four starters from the year because two of them were out from the beginning of the year. That uh, I think, including one guy that's a 400-pound tackle for crying out loud. Wow. I think he's the biggest tackle in the United States. I don't know. Yes, he's as big as a battleship, you know. But they came in down 33 players, missing two defensive linemen, two offensive linemen. When you see that kind of stuff. How easy is it to change a game plan that you've already set? I mean, can you make changes on the fly and have your offense adjust with you? Or is it something that you start at the beginning of the week and everybody knows what's going on and you're like, I, I can't change this now. You're kind of stuck in it. Yeah, just from, from being a player, see, I see it both ways. From being a player, if you have game plan, you have a seven-week you have a seven-week window to game plan. If I've game planned for three to four days one way, no player likes change after three or four days. But if you're here, a team is down 33 players. I have one, I have one game plan. It's to try to not try to get more out and try to be the most physical as we can be. They're down people. Let's just go play old school football. And they're down people, and we just let's go play fast. That's what. I was excited when we got Frost. I thought we was going to see fast. We are, we are doing a little a no huddle, but let's run them in the ground. Let's be physical. Let's, they're down people. And I think it's easy to change the game plan. If you're not, you're not a veteran team, I think it might be a little bit more harder to execute it. Just from being a pro player, and we didn't, we didn't game plan for something all week, then two days before the game, one of the star players that hurt his star DNs, DN, the linebackers hurt, and we have game plan all week to do stuff away from him or to him, and he's not there. It's a little bit more easier because we pros, but I can see at the college level when you're trying to throw them. They're already thinking a lot. We're not doing this best. But, man, I, my game, your game plan supposed to be an entire week. I haven't played in two weeks. Let's go see what kind of shape they're in. Let's go see if they want to get hit right now. It's been two weeks. Let's go be physical. But, yeah, man, that that's tough, man. I, 
I really wish that wasn't the game plan. <laughs> okay, but in, on offense, I mean, they're standard plays. Everybody runs, right? Yes. They, every, every single football player could walk onto any football team anywhere in the world and, I don't know, run an ISO play, right? Right, and the thing is, you have the same plays all year. It's just different formations. So it's not really a, a thing of changing the plays or changing the schemes. It's really changing formation. It's just a different way you're going to formation. Because tight zone to the right is zone to the right out of shotgun, eye formation, wishbone. It's still zone to the right, just different formation. So, I, yeah, like you said, I think you just we should have formation it a little different. We should have got a little bit more physical. We should have – yeah, man. Like you said, man, there's a lot of things I think we could have did, and it's basic plays we could have ran, I think, to make this game a lot more physical. Power, ISO, the things that you are talking about, and you said you've never played football. If you know football, you know just power and ISO is, is a staple in any run game. Right. I, I, I guess I – why would I, I know there's so many questions about this game and I mean we, we have to speculate because I even if you asked a coach that was there and what he's doing you know they're not going to tell you much because they really shouldn't it's none of our business which is right. why we get to speculate it's a free open forum I love it. <laughs> which is also kind of dangerous too yeah uh, Adrian Martinez he he I there was we had guys running wide open at times and he overthrew them. Yes. He, he, what, what is with a quarterback when they're doing that? I mean, we've seen from him where he can be the quality of player where he's, he's literally been a Heisman trophy candidate because he was so good as a freshman Uh, against Purdue. He was 18 to 20. I think it was, he had a very good game. And then he comes into this game and he can't throw a pass on target over 20 yards down the field or to over 10 yards down the field. What do you think is going on with a, with a quarterback when that happens? Man, when that happens, I think it's, it's the mental or it's the small things you're doing. I know just from playing quarterback, I mean, not playing quarterback, just from playing football, just remember the little things the coaches are saying. Trust your footwork, trust your hips, make sure you're stepping in. Um, if you miss a couple throws, don't start short arming them. If you haven't thrown it long enough, you're putting a little too much on. So it goes right down to the confidence thing. If you miss a couple throws and you was there was a little low or they wasn't where you wanted to be, now the next couple throws you need to hit them or they're going to be way overthrown. And I think that's a product of what we saw because we had two guys running downfield, two touchdowns that they were walking touchdowns. Walking, it wasn't it wasn't anyone five to ten yards around them. And uh, those those are hard plays to watch because Adrian's played so well the last two weeks. I've been bragging on him. We were taking deep shots. I was all in the camera talking about deep shots last week. And for us to miss those two shots, man, it, it, it really it really set us back. I, I see now, man, I've got wrote in my notes. They, we schemed them well to take some big shots. Because those two shots was wide open. And they called a timeout one time, and we had one there man-on-man with a linebacker. So it was it was schemed up. It, they thought about it all week about how they was going to take their shots. But, like, you, you never know in football what play is going to matter and what play is going to change your game. And just those three little plays, I think all three of those are touchdowns. If we get that linebacker one-on-one, that's one deal. Uh, one day I was running out of the sideline one time, and I think it missed. And I want to say Cade Warner got missed on the sideline. 
And we had – that would have been three touchdowns there, man. Well, from that standpoint, it seems like we're only – you know, it seems like we're light years away, but we're not that far away from actually being a fairly decent team, which is – it's got to be maddening for the coaches. It's maddening for me. It's just some guy that's uh, – some crusty old guy watching football. <laughs> so, Man, it's been rough on us. I saw – I think I saw a stat Nebraska has – I think we're one of the top two or three schools that lost – Lost a game by one score. I think it was a stat that showed up, and I was like, I when they showed the stat, I was like, I feel, I feel, I felt that pain and felt that hurt because I watched these games and I've been here most of these games. I'm, I'm, I felt that number when it went up there, and man, that lets you know we're 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 not far off as we think we are, and we're maybe I don't want to say we're good. We're maybe not where we need to be also, but so it's we need to find the in between. We need to we need to take the right steps but we don't need to put our heads down like we're so horrible and we need to get a guy's confidence. We need to support these guys. But like you say, it's hard when you lose, I don't know if it was 11 or 13 games by one score. That takes a lot out of you, man. Yeah, I suppose it does. Okay. We on, on the defensive side of the ball against Purdue, we pretty much, we played man and we shut down David Bell and uh, Rondale Moore, two NFL quality receivers. In this game, we played a lot of zone, and we didn't shut down. You know, I, they Rashad Bateman is their NFL guy, and earlier in the year he opted out to you know, prepare for the NFL. Right. Ottman Bell's a pretty good receiver. They, they had like two tight ends. They were down to two tight ends in the game. Why did we play so much zone, do you think, in this game compared to, like, against Purdue? I, did, I really honestly just was like, Dark. Oh, I was I was mind-blown. When I saw that, I, I don't know if it's confidence or we changing up week to week or after we just played man so well against two great guys who were going to go on and have good careers, why would we go in zone, why would we go away from what just made, made us a more competitive team? And – when I came out and saw that zone, I, I don't. When I think zone, I think we're scared to play man. But I didn't see a speed guy over there like a Rondell or or a Bell. Just from being a pro player, when we play zone, we're playing against the four three and four four guys, and you don't want to. You don't want that fifty or sixty yard play. But I just didn't see that from their team. I didn't see like I respect the Ottman Bells and guys. I just didn't. I didn't think they could run past Taylor Britt or DiCaprio like that. So. When we came out in the zone, I was just like you. I, don't, I was like, I'm not the coach. I don't, I'm not there. But could someone please tell me why we're not playing, man? Like, please. Like, I'm, I'm a Husker until I'm gone. But this isn't making me happy. We just played one of the best games of defense I've saw since, since uh, well, of the 2020 season. And we go and change it on defense. I'm just like you. I'm, I'm baffled. Huh. You know, we didn't do that well, in, or we didn't do that bad in penalties. Both teams, Minnesota and Nebraska, had three penalties apiece. You know, one holding call wiped off a touchdown for Adrian Martinez. And when you went back and look at the holding call, I guess I looked at it and you go, that guy called that holding on that play. Did you see holding on that play? Do you remember? Uh, no, it, it was not holding. I got it wrote down. That was a horrible holding call. On 2 a.m. touchdown, Adrian Martinez touchdown. The guy was basically falling. He didn't even, he barely had his hands on it. If anything, they were never around. There was never any 
pulling or anything. It was basically a guy falling. You fall on top of him. That's what it looked like to me. It looked like it had no effect on the play. And I was, I don't know, that was that was a drive killer and that was a heartbreak also. Okay, and then on holding, they called us for hold. No, they didn't call us for holding. I'm sorry. What I was going to bring up is this. This was a, another game in which a guy got beat that was an offensive lineman who's a young guy. I'm not going to name his name again. But he got beat, and Adrian Martinez got hit. And I get, I, I'm looking at the guy and thinking, if you're going to get beat like that and let your quarterback get hit, why don't you just hold? Why Why didn't he hold the guy? And literally, there we know that Big Ten, it's not just against Nebraska. They don't call holding calls, you're right? They right. don't call holding calls across the Big Ten on offensive linemen all over the place. So – as an offensive lineman, is it just that you don't want to take the stat for holding? You'd, you'd rather give up. I don't get that. You know, it's, why it's, didn't it's never been about, it's never been about me not taking the stack for holding because if I'm beat, I, I would rather go back. I would never, I would never rather have a, my quarterback getting hit than come down to holding. Yeah. Um, from when we got in that situation, we talked about that earlier, man. You have to know when that hold. And if you get beat clean or a guy's working, you get beat again, like it comes down to it. take take away the technique, take away the football. It's whatever you got to do to get, make sure this guy doesn't hit your quarterback. It came down to one of those situations to me. After I saw him get beat once, I was like, all right, some things we can do different. Then it looked like it looked like a rookie versus a veteran. Then I was like, okay, we might need to give him some help, or we might need to. It looked like it looked like the guy was game planning. He was looking forward to it a third and long against our young guy. That's what it looked like to me. I don't want to be that guy, but it looked like his, his lips was chopping when he saw third down and he was with, he was with a freshman. And it looked like he knew exactly when the freshman was going to punch and he went under it where he, he took his chance. And the second time I think he did the same move, I saw it coming, but Oh man, if I got beat like that, I'm, I'm definitely holding him again. Like I said, you get beat for one, you get beat for one sack or you get embarrassed once. I'm not playing football with you anymore. I'm playing to make sure I don't get embarrassed or somebody don't get hurt. <laughs> okay, you mentioned punch. Let me describe this, and you're going to tell me if I'm right. Basically, when you're an offensive lineman during a pass play, you're taking your first step back. You're putting your hands kind of in a triangle like this, right? And you're punching the guy. You're punching at the, the incoming lineman's, defensive lineman's chest in an effort to get him off balance or to move, you know, basically to get him off balance. Is that correct? That's the correct starting move to – this is uh, when everything yeah. goes right or wrong, right? And those two – two one foot step back and with the hand punch. Yeah, well, yeah, you're, 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 you're definitely right about you take the step back. But uh, that's what young guys get in trouble when they put their hands together. That's so old school. If you put your hands together and you punch, you can get both hands swiped. So we started doing individually punching. That's what I see young guys and people in college get in trouble. They throwing both hands together, and it's so much easier to clear that. Once you clear that, you're gone. So we, I started doing individual, using individual hands. So I, I fake him with this one. He'll swipe that one. I'm just grabbing with this one. He's going nowhere. But I've seen a lot of times, yeah, if you're definitely going to two-hand punch, you want to aim for the middle or the edge. I think he was – two-hand punching and he's coming into the inside so he's already bad angle the guy's already gone and it, 
Yeah. You know what you know what I got out of that explanation right there? You just called me old. (laughs) No, I didn't know because my coach, when I when I first got into the CFL, and I wasn't even taught that way in college. When I first got to CFL, my first coach, he was teaching that. And I was like, oh, we're gonna give up at least 70, 80 sacks this year. (laughs) And I think we broke the record for giving up the most sacks in the CFL that year. And it was it was it all came down to our technique, man. I'm sorry, I don't I don't mean it like that. You can look it up, man. It was 2015. I was with Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and I don't think I think the record was like 71 sacks given up 18 games. We maybe gave up 80. Eight a game. <laughs> 80 sacks during the 18 game season. <laughs> we maybe gave up 80, and and I I just think it's come down to technique, and our coach was so coaching from the 60s and 70s. He know what's work. He won championship with him. But guys are freaks now. You can't you can't give a guy who runs a 4-4 off the edge or 4-6 or 4-7 a small target, and that's all he has to clear. He needs to be able to clear from here, here, here. You just can't give him this one punch. And that's I think the game has evolved, and the athletes, I don't want to say the athlete wasn't good then, but you got guys running 4-4s or 6-5, 6-8. Arms are longer than both our eyes put together. That's one swipe and he's gone. And it was he knew when he was gonna punch and he knew he was young. And most time when you punch, your hip drops. So it was a punch, hip drop, and he was it was around the corner. He he really didn't even have to turn the corner sometimes. So is that is that something that gets better with experience? I mean, yes, that's it, a matter of of having a young guy on the line and and you get better with experience and you have to learn your lessons, right? That's one of those things that come down to start watching film better, too. If I'm going against a swiper, my my first note is I don't punch swipers. I don't. You can swipe all you want. I'm not going to punch you. If you're a swiper, you're waiting on me to punch. If I don't punch, you don't swipe. We're both just looking at each other. He's waiting on the indicator. And now you're in his head. So it's, it's come down to one little thing. The more you play, the more you watch film. Like, I love the film part of football, like just watching the guy all week, seeing what tips him move to go and seeing what moves he – seeing what you need to do for him to indicate that move. Like, I got a lot of guys I go against who, who spin because I jump out a little bit more fast. I'm a little bit more athletic, so I get in front of him fast. I jump out to him fast, and I know if I show a hand, he's going to spin this way. I jump out fast and flash it, won't even do it, and he'll spin, and I'll just be standing right there. Or like you said, I'm going against a swiper. I don't punch swiper. He's running up to me. He's just looking just like this. His hands ain't move. Mine ain't move. He's just running like a hamster. He's waiting to swipe, but I'm not going to punch. So he's, it takes him three or four reps. So, okay, I got to switch my game plan up. So it comes down to watching film, knowing your opponent. 34 looked like, he looked like a small linebacker. So it was all speed, baby. I, did, I wouldn't look for no bull from him. I wouldn't look for try to get run over by him. So it's all speed. And, when it comes down to being a better athlete than guys that are smaller than us, you just got to cover them up. You just, I can't give you an edge. I can't give you none. Let's, let's, come here, let me bear hug you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Did you see any snap problems? What did you think of the snaps? Oh, I don't have any snap problems on. Did you have any? I didn't see any snaps. I think there might have been one high, a little bit high. But, I mean, it seems since we had the horrible snap problems against Iowa in the first half that they're pretty much cleaned up or they're, you know, Cam Juergens is playing a lot better, at least from snapping the ball. Yeah, uh, well, man, he, I, saw him, I saw him on the edge pulling and leading on linebackers a couple of times. He had a couple great blocks on Adrian runs. 
I saw him snapping the ball and pulling. It's exciting to see a center get out there in open space. And, yeah, he made some great blocks, man. You can see on the touchdown, on a couple big runs, the cut came right off of him pulling and Adrian cutting it up, man. So I think I think Cam is playing good. So what other observations did you have that I haven't mentioned? Um, well, you probably already talked about not – I'm thinking our run defense. We gave up some big runs, man. I was I've been talking about our defense. I came on the show throwing the black shirts. I throwing the, I was throwing the bones one week. We had some huge runs, man. They had a freshman come in when um 24 Abraham, I think, got hurt. And he had the huge run on us. Abraham had a fourth and one, and it just blew my mind. I knew we had to stop. I knew everyone in the stadium knew who was getting that ball. And right. he broke out like everyone in the stadium know who's getting this ball. And he broke out on that fourth and one. I was, I still had a little hope because it was early in the game. I, w- I wasn't worried. And his next touchdown was on a fourth and one from the one yard line. So I don't know, man. I, I don't. I don't think we played good in the run, D. I think. I think we gave up a lot of yards rushing. I haven't looked at it just from watching the game. I seen guys just running. I seen twenty four and one. They were just running for for long yardage. But other than that, man, the defense, I didn't I didn't I didn't get one sack or one interception. So I, I really didn't get a lot from the defense for this game. We lost no. we lost our we lost our best player on defense in the second quarter. And I don't know. Uh, Jojo, I got Jojo made a great play downfield on the pass breakup. He was beat on the play, never he he's beat on the play, never gave up. And it's just, he just so he's just a player you can be proud of, man. When I watch JoJo play, I'm like, I'm proud to say he's a husband. I'm proud of your black shirt, and he he plays the right way. I wish we had eleven JoJo's out there. <laughs> well, we we did, Nebraska had two turnovers, and that that's kind of the game. Uh, yeah. We didn't get right. We we didn't get any sacks. We didn't get any turnovers. Uh, they had one fumble, but uh, did not lose it. We had three fumbles and lost one. Hmm. I did, I just this game just. Uh, <clears throat> my youngest son attends the University of Minnesota. Oh man! And uh, he had come into this game, and he is so fr- frustrated with Minnesota's team that he's decided this year he's a Notre Dame fan, which I should throw him out of my house. Yes. He has a he has a mother that loves him. Right. Um, he came downstairs and Minnesota's ahead. And I'm like, you know, we're it's me and him are going back and forth talking to each other about what the worst thing that each of our team could do. That's how bad the mentality is right now, I guess, for me in Nebraska. Uh, we had won a game and it looked like, you know, we were you know, you look at Minnesota coming up and you're thinking, okay, we should win that game. We were favored by 10 or 11 or some damn thing. We lose and we're going to go against Rutgers this week, this Friday. And they're a team who had lost 21 big 10 games in a row this year. They've won three big 10 games, which is unheard of for them. Yes, They took Michigan to triple overtime they almost beat Illinois. They have never won since they've been in the Big Ten four Big Ten games in a season. So we're looking at two teams, the intersection of two teams, where if Nebraska loses this game to Rutgers, we're going to have to spend the next nine months being (laughs) – 
finding something to talk about with Nebraska football that isn't terrible. Yes. Uh, if if uh, Rutgers yeah. wins this game, they're going to be on cloud nine. I mean, that would, this is when I'm asking you to be a mental health counselor. <laughs> Man, yes, we're, we're definitely going to need – I'm definitely going to need some help also if Rutgers win this game because it will be a long nine months. But the head coach at Rutgers was my – my first pro professional football coach when I was with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Greg Schiano was my coach okay. and he, and he, he gets it. He gets the football. He was, he, I think he was on the Belichick, Bill Belichick. And just the way he moves, the way he talks, the way he teaches the game, he tells you the why he shows you the why, like everything makes sense. Like the wins and losses probably won't come yet at Rutgers, but it, He's he's gonna build a, a, a strong foundation. You you're gonna play his style of football. And when we was with the Buccaneers, a lot of the old guys are the vets and like it. We left before practice. We left it after practice. We practiced in pads. He was he was a little bit more in the old school style, and it was it was no gray. It was black and white. You either do it right or wrong, or next line up. And I love that. Just for my first year being out of college. I learned right away that if you're not good enough in this world, it's just, it's not even about football. It's the next, they're going to find the next person. And he was, he was very clear on that. And he made it so simple. He just wants you to play hard. Like Rutgers is going to come in here or we're going to go there. Rutgers is going to play hard. Cause I know that coach, they're going to play hard. They're going to play discipline. He preached penalties. Like I told you about the uh, presentation that a lot of pro coaches give their players not to do these penalties. He was big on starting every meeting zone. Who leads in penalties? This is the penalties you guys got last year. This is how we're going to change them. So he's a great coach of going into details and showing the why and preaching physicality. So just for me, knowing Greg Shiano, we have to match <laughs> Rutgers' physicality when they get here. And if we don't, it'll be a hard nine months. I'll be leaning on you to stay positive and give some good <laughs> info to the Huskers. But just for me, knowing Shiano, he's going to come in here. We need to be – we're going to go there and we got to be ready. Oh, man. I'm not I'm not sure where other to go after this. I guess this is really shocking, again, that uh, the Minnesota loss is – it's, it's – it hurts personally because <laughs> my son has done a good job and my wife has done a good job and not giving me too much crap because they knew that I was very upset after the game. So they've been very good about that. Plus, I mean, just because we lost to Minnesota doesn't make Minnesota a good team. There's right. that too. But yes. Losing to Minnesota in any sport is just it's it's painful. Uh, oh, it's know, just something something about those gophers that don't sit well with me. It's not the counter Iowa sit well with me, but it's enough to sit well with me that I just don't even like to hear Minnesota. It's enough. It doesn't sit well with me. Oh man, we lost to Minnesota, man. I can't wait to play them next year. That's all. That's the only thing I say positive about that. I'll ask one more thing about kind of the concept of, of game planning in football. Okay. Nebraska's Nebraska's offense only scored seventeen points, and we've already touched on the fact that we had plays in which we could have scored more points had we have executed the play, had we hit the pass play. So let's say. I mean, when you go into a game like this, do you have an idea? As it, I, I'm not sure if you know this, but the coaches have to have an idea of how many points they're going, they believe they're going to score versus how many points they can give up to another team. Is that correct? 
Yes, you 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 always have an idea. You always have we call them we call them football nerds. You always have defense or offensive analysts, and they have the stats down to a T. They have when they play at this time of night, if they play this many, they have everything down to let you know how many points these guys score, and if they're playing in dome or out of dome. It's all kind of people like that. So you know before the week starts what you need to score, what they're usually going to score, what range you need to score in what you're probably going to give up on defense. So you have you have an idea. It's usually somebody on each staff. They usually call them offensive analysts, defense analysts. Those guys, they sit at the they sit at the laptop all day and they just punch in numbers, punch in field positions, punch in scores, punch in where they played at, and it spits out these numbers, the percentages. They score this many times, what they score here. And it's, it's amazing. I love when they come in with those things, and sometimes I'm like, I hate when they come in with those things because it doesn't matter. It's not going to matter on Friday. I'm not. I don't care what they did on those 18 games. But stats are stats, man. If you play 10 games and you average 100 yard rushing, you average 100 yard rushing no matter. That's, that's just what it is. Right. Well, he, again, then that actually goes back to uh, Minnesota. Looking at Minnesota's defense, and that, it, given that concept, that makes it even more mysterious why we didn't run the ball at them. If they're getting yes, up 68.82 yards per carry on defense, why didn't we – any – I don't – it's just amazing to me. I don't get it. I really don't understand it. <sighs> yeah, that's that's rough. When you say we're playing against the rest one defense in the nation, the offensive line coach, the offensive coordinator, it's supposed to be the easiest week of the year. They can't stop the run. We need to find a way – to play musical chairs at running back like we have all year and just keep as many bodies that we can. We can rotate O-line. Let's just pound these guys. Let's let's beat them at what they're not good at. But the, yeah, I, I, I don't know I, why. I, I've yeah. watched enough Minnesota football this year to know that uh, you beat Minnesota by stopping Mo Ibrahim, the, the running back. Uh, you know, they used another guy, uh, Cam Wiley, because Mo was hurt. But he's a back that he's not going to run off 80-yard, you know, long runs like a Jonathan Taylor or, a, you know, an explosion. He's going to make five yards of carry. So you had to stop him. Does that translate into playing zone anymore? I mean, if I said, if I said, okay, we have to stop this guy from getting, I don't know, five yards of carry, is a zone defense going to do better at that than a man-to-man defense? I don't – that doesn't make sense either. It does. It doesn't make sense to me. I actually just from playing football. I think the man manning up stops the run a little bit more because you're not giving up so much space, and you're not so you're not playing. You're not really playing a space when you play zone. You see a run come at you. You get a play action a couple of times. You're sitting in space. But if you're playing man, you're gonna you're gonna always move with that guy. You're gonna come up and play him a little closer. There's not as much space to get out there. And yeah, I, I don't know how. The zone, the zone, us going back to zone, I really wish I can just talk to the defense call. I just want to know what was he thinking or did you not like what we did against Minnesota? Did that not excite you? Like, like I don't – I don't I, – I haven't trusted the zone in a while. When Bo Pelini was here, we ran a little – we had a lot of guys out there. We had small linebackers like Gomes and Levante. It was easier – it was more of a zone, man. We playing a zone, but if you come in this zone, we're going to – that is your guy. You don't have a zone. You have a zone until a guy enters your zone. Then he's your man. And I love, that's what made Bo, Bo Pelini defense so hard 
when I was here, people to game plan against because it looks like one guy on you, then a guy goes in his zone. He don't have you. He just has to go whoever comes in the zone. And, yeah, man, it's so hard to game plan. We call that match defense. It's called match defense in pro football. And you're basically in the zone. If somebody comes in your zone, you match it. And you see a lot of times when people say switch, 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 just more of the match defense type thing. Uh, I don't know. Is there anything else to say about Minnesota? No, see you guys next year. (laughs) 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 I guess that's it then. We're going to be done. Anything else? Anything else? Let's get a win Friday. I hear something about we could still go to a bowl game. Did you see that? Yeah, I think I get the idea that you go to a bowl game if you want to. And I I know there's a lot of Nebraska fans because I hear from them who are like, well, let's just get the season over. You know, if I went back and I looked at this season and I said to myself, would you rather have no football? Would you rather have a bunch of losses or would you rather have football? I mean, I'd still take what we got over no football whatsoever. So I guess, you know, the attitude of – uh, we don't need to go to a bowl game. I'm tired of watching them losing. Well, then turn your freaking TV off, I guess. You, there's nobody – you're not being forced to watch the TV. You know, right. if you don't want to see them playing a bowl game, then don't watch, I guess. The only way they're going to get better is by playing football, isn't it? Yes, I would love for them to go to a bowl game. To get a, just think about we go to a bowl game, we win by 20 or 30. We forget what happens early in 2020. We're talking about what we did in the, in the bowl game, how exciting we see these guys to see these guys next year. It just brings a lot more hype. And, man, we, we need that going into the offseason. I think we need some positivity going into the offseason. And a bowl game win or a win against Rutgers, if that's the last game, that is what Husker Nation needs right now. We need a win, and we need to end the season on a win. That needs to be the last taste of my mouth from this Minnesota. We lost to Minnesota, a win to end the season or a win at a bowl game. I'm happy. Like we said, we play football. If you don't want to watch, cut the TV off, but I'm going to watch the Huskers. If we're losing by 30, winning by 40, it doesn't matter. The Huskers on, I'm glued in. There you go. We're going to end with that. This has been Yoshi Hardrick and John Johnston for the Yoshi Hardrick Football Show. Thank you for listening and go Big Red.